Welcome to the Freelance Revolution Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Sarah. We're both seasoned freelancers running successful online businesses that allow us the flexibility to live the lives that we want. We do different work as freelancers. We find our clients in different ways and we have different business models. The one thing that unites us is a passion for helping others work on their own terms. We're not here to give you a silver bullet or sugarcoat the work it takes to develop and run a successful business. We're here to guide you through the journey we've already taken, bust common myths about the freelance lifestyle, and give you the support you need to keep going when things get tough. The Freelance Revolution podcast is brought to you by Freelancers Align, our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Did we mention that membership is free? Go to freelancersalign.com to learn more and sign up. Hi, Leah. Hi, Buzz. What's up? Hello. How are you guys? I'm horrible. This is just like, geez, you guys twist my arm, be here. (laughs) Talk about digital marketing. I hate this part of my job. Mm -hmm, mm I bet. Well, we're so happy to have you here. Um, Buzz, I'll do a quick intro for you and then I'll let you um, fill in any important gaps um, after that. And then we'll dive right into our topic for the day. So um, Michael Bazinski, otherwise known as Buzz, um, is a lifelong entrepreneur, a digital marketing thought leader and author of and and author and the chief marketing officer of Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing. He's worked with over 1,200 service-centric businesses and helped their digital marketing um, deliver more predictable and profitable clients to their website. Using the rule of 26, which is also his book, which we'll talk about later, Michael can double any business's website revenue. Michael's sole mission is to help entrepreneurs avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns and reduce the prevalence of entrepreneurial poverty across the country, which I love because I think that that last sentence is is Leah and I's MO as well. Um, So before we welcome to the war. Yeah, right. Before we dive into today's topic, Buzz, what else? What else should we know about you? I think it's, I, you covered it all. I, I, you know, one of the things that people are like, well, why are you an expert at, you know, avoiding entrepreneurial poverty? And the fact that I lived in entrepreneurial poverty for 15 years, I, I literally owned a multi-million dollar creative agency and was paying myself less than six figures total. That's entrepreneurial poverty. You don't have to be homeless. You don't have to be living paycheck to paycheck. You just underpaying yourself what you're worth in any day is entrepreneurial poverty. And it is the runway to burnout and all sorts of stuff going bad in your life, both professionally and personally. And so I just, I refuse to let people do it anymore. I love it. I love it. Um, So today we're talking about why websites are crucial for freelancers livelihood. We have we have lot, Lee and I both have lots of questions. Um, and, um, Buzz, I'm going to let you kick us off and just give us like, like, tell us why, and then kind of go from there and like dig deeper. So the basis to that statement is the fact that we live in a world that is connected through the internet. There's very few things in this world you can do 24 hours a day, seven days a week without some connection to the internet. Okay. So with that, as business owners, freelancers specifically, we have an identity that must be present 
on the information highway. Without it, there are many things we're missing out on. And so in today's digital age, we have three types of media. We have owned media, which is a website. We have rented media, which are ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, digital ads on other people's websites, third party, programming, all that good stuff. And you have rented, or I'm sorry, earned media, which is going to be your organic search marketing, uh, you know, uh, things on uh, your your name and your your links on citations for directories and all these good things. Okay, and so when you take those three and uh, those three types of media. And you make them into a stool, in a three-legged stool. You take one of those legs out. You have a very unstable platform that you are marketing on. And that's why it's so important to have one. I've had people tell me, hey, guess what? Um, I, I've got something. Uh, Google has me a website. I've heard that one too many times. And it's the Google business profile. And I was like, yes, that's earned right? You were in business. You were able to qualify for it because you were in business. It's the only thing you have to do to qualify for it, but you don't own it. So if they change things on that, or maybe they just take it away, where are you then? Right? You can't collect emails from there. You can only link to other places and then hopefully they get in contact with you. So many reasons why you have to have a website these days, but the biggest the biggest piece is that if you don't have a website, you don't own your space or your place on the internet, which is, we'll get into why that's a detriment to most freelancers. Yeah. So t like, let's, let's touch on that a little bit. Cause I know that, um, Lee and I, Lee and I both have multiple websites, um, for the multiple hustles that we have. Um, but mostly like, I'll say that I use, all of the freelance work that I get is through referrals mm -hmm. um, and networking. So I use my website basically for the content side of my business, my courses, my coaching, my blog, like all of that kind of stuff. Do I have mm -hmm. a page on there that's about what I do as a freelancer? Definitely. Okay. Um, but that's not the main reason. So I really, I started out the first three years, no, the first four years that I ran my business, I didn't have a website at all. Mm -hmm. I had a Facebook page that I did have a domain, my domain redirected to my Facebook page. But like I said, I got most of my clients through referrals and networking. Sure. And mm -hmm. so like, just to play devil's advocate, like, tell me why, <laughs> tell me why it's important. Like if that's, if that's how you get your revenue. And then I think we could go into Leah's sort okay. of business model too, because that'll be an interesting one to talk about. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're primarily getting your, your, um, leads through networking and referrals. Tell me why I still need a website. Okay. This is the reason why there are two reasons, two main reasons why number one is that when you're getting, when somebody gives a referral to you, a lot of times they're going to your website to check you out. Okay. There's a lot of trust that is transferred in a referral, but not a hundred percent trust, right? Mm -hmm. They got to make sure it's going to be a good fit. They want to know who you're about and all that good stuff. And so they're in first impression many times before they even talk to you from that referral is your website. Do you want your first impression to be professional, complete, everything you would want them to see before they started talking to you? Would you want them to be pretty much sold on what you do by the time they even have one discussion with you? I would. It reduces the amount of time I have to spend on the phone or, or on a Zoom call to get the sale. No? Yeah. I okay. Think so. 
Now, number two is scalability. You can't scale easily. It's very hard. It's very hard to scale through referrals. And word of mouth is unpredictable. Okay. So take a look at your business in the first four years and the trajectory it had versus the, the last couple of years with a website versus not having a website and see all of the benefits that you've seen from having a website to refer to on a regular basis. How often do you say, oh yeah, that's on my website. Oh, I don't have to send an email. I don't have to do all these other things. So even in operational space, a website is crucial because it saves you time. And as a freelancer, that means you're usually a solopreneur, which means there's only 24 hours in the day. And a lot of us like to get about eight hours of sleep, which means there's only 16 hours in a day. And some of us like to eat. So there's only 13 hours in a day to get stuff done. Oh, wait, you want to spend some time with your family? Okay. Well, then maybe you only have eight hours, right? Maybe you want to go to the gym. Maybe you only have seven hours. Like how would, how nice would it be if you could get so much off your plate that you only had to work as a freelancer six hours a day and make all the money you wanted? Yep. Yeah. A website can do that for you if you leverage it properly. Yeah. I think that's really, um, I think that's so true. And I also think that even if, even if they're sold before they like get to your website or Google you or whatever it is, I also think that having a website lends this, um, it, it just makes you look more professional, even it legitimizes if you, never, you. Yeah. It's like it having a brick and mortar. Exactly. I mean, it how many brick and mortars do you walk into just because they have a brick and mortar, you trust them. Yep. Right. Nice sign out front, walk in, somebody smiles at you, you're sold. As long yep. as you have what I want at the price I want to pay, I'm willing to pay for, let's go. Right. Yep. Websites are a lot of the same. Yep. If you're saying the right things to the right people coming to your website, there's not much more discussion. So if you have a good call to action, a lot of times you can have your website sell for you. And if you're an information, if you're selling information, Oh my gosh, you can have money coming in without you even being awake. Yeah. A website is the perfect salesperson. It works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, takes zero vacation, no paid holidays, never asks for a raise, never complains, and does exactly what you told it to do every single time. How has that not going to benefit you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think the in terms of, um, legitimizing you i think that also just means that like we talk about pricing and mm -hmm. um worth a lot and i think that like building that legitimacy <clears throat> with clients even if they're going to hire you regardless also allows you to ask for more so ask for what you're worth yeah right mm -hmm. so if you you had a, an online document aka a website that went through all of that value ad that you bring to a project, say you're a graphic designer. Well, I'll just go to Canva. I can get Canva and I can just do it myself. You can. What's your time worth, Mr. Customer? Oh, my, my time. I'm, shoot, I'm worth two, $300 an hour. So how long are you going to take to make that on Canva? Oh, I mean, I, I should be able to take that in, you know, half an hour maybe, right? Uh, probably going to take an hour, uh, two hours, right? So now you just spent $400, right? And I can and I can do it probably better than you, Mr. Customer, because that's what I do for a living, right? These are the types of these are the types of journeys you, you can take your visitors on on your website, totally. and add all that value before they ever decide whether or not they're going to talk to you. Yeah, 
I think it's also like working in your zone. Could anyone create a website? Sure. But are you going to, I mean, they've made it so easy. I mean, you can get a Vistaprint website. Like if you order something, you can get, you know, you purchase a simple domain on GoDaddy and they're like, do you want a website to go with this? Like, Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, the answer is yes, you want a website, but are you qualified to build a website? Like, should you be building a website? (laughs) You might be able to figure it out. But where is the value that comes in that? Like, you know, you're not going to, a newbie to designing a website is not going to make a professional looking website. You're probably going to make one that looks like it's from the early 2000s or it's hodgepodge (laughs) or it's misaligned. And, you know, then you're not going to be proud to share it. So if you're going to the next level of creating a website, then Mm -hmm. you should probably be like proud of what it looks like instead of like, Oh, don't look at my website. If you have right. that, then you're in a different problem. That that is a different problem. Um, but I will tell you, it's less about how good it looks and about how well you convey your message. You can have a simple, clean website that says the right thing, outsell a beautiful, shiny, moving objects and animations and all the things underperform because it's not saying the right things to the visitors coming to your website. Another thing a website does when when we talk about content is filters out bad leads. See, people don't realize that every phone call you take that's not qualified is wasted time and you just cost yourself opportunity costs. You're suffering from the lack of time that you just can't, you can't replace time. You can make more money can't replace more time. So if you have a website that can help weed the right people, the wrong people out and attract the right people for you, because not all money is good money, right? Not all clients are good clients. You know, a client that can pay you top dollar, but sucks the liver living like energy out of you is costing you so much more than you realize. Yeah. It pays the bills, but at what cost, right? So that website, even if it's just as simple, and yes, I definitely agree with you, Leah, you want to have a professional uh, help you at least put to it together, right? You can craft your message over time, but have it put together in a format that is at least going to flow properly, load on mobile properly, all of the things that make a good website productive, right? And then work it. Another thing I always say is don't try to launch the perfect website. How many times, Leah, do you work with somebody who is like, no, no, it's not quite ready. No, no, no. I want to change this one pixel. No, no, no. That picture's bad. I got to get another picture. But, you know, the photographer's not coming in for another two weeks. I mean, how many times have you had to deal with that, you know, building Kajabi uh, platforms? <laughs> 487 edits one time. That's, That's your highest. I, I like <laughs> you was, counted well, those. You have like a trolley system going on the back. I don't track that. Um, it was, I had a Trello board set up for her because I was so, I couldn't keep track of all her edits. So I trained her how to use a Trello board for edits. And at the end of the project, when we launched just for curiosity's sake, I counted how many edit cards there were. <laughs> yep. yep. Yes. And it, you know, and the thing is, is it could have probably launched at right around 30 yep. and you guys, and then spent the other 457 of those, you know, over a course of three months while it was sitting there 
working for her generating income because she had over, she had over a $50,000 launch when she launched it. See, how long did that, how long did she put that off? I mean, 487, that's, that's gotta be a couple months yep. of work, right? Yep. So she, she, now, now that opportunity costs a 50 grand in her pocket, 60 days later, Yep. Any accountants out there can tell you that Super actually costs frustrating for me because I have deadlines and I had other clients in the, you know, right. in the pipe to like right. take her project spot. Right. And, and so, I'm sure you had to charge for all of those edits. Oh yeah. She was right. well, well over her budget. Right. And so that, that, that just goes to show it's like, you don't have to have a perfect website, but you don't want to have a website that was, it looks like it was designed by a fourth grader either. Right. Um, and you, and, and above and beyond your design, it's the message on there. You want to talk to your perfect client. So in the rule of 26, we talk about your average revenue per client and to find that we need to identify who our perfect client is that persona, the type, if you've been in business, say a couple of years, like Sarah here, you know, um, and you know, in, in, in any of your hustles, who are the best clients in each of those hustles, right? So if you say who they are, like you can describe them. I bet you could even say who they are by pointing at them on your client list. Oh, yeah. How many times or how hard would it be? I'm sorry. Would it be for you to call your perfect client and find out why they love you, why they came to you, right? Why do they stick with you? Hey, perfect client. You know, we've got this uh, this inflation thing going on. I'm going to need to raise my prices, right? In the back of my mind is like, I'm not charging this person enough, right? Because I'm undervaluing myself and I need to find I'm re reason to raise. So we have an excuse right now. Inflation's there. I haven't raised my prices in the last four years, Mr. Client. How, how valuable do you think the service I bring to you is? Oh, it's, 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 it's amazing. Do you think you get more than you pay for it? Oh, go definitely. Okay, great. Because we're going to be raising the prices by 26%. Now you're not going to tell them that 26% is just an arbitrary number that you're using so that you can double your revenue, but it's a 26% test to see, would they stick with you for 26% more and not add any other value? If they say no, which, what you can just sit there and go, well, what would make it worth that extra 26%. Once you get that agreement with them and then get them to pay the extra 26%, you now have the blueprint of what it will take to convince somebody to pay you what you're worth. Now you have the narrative to put onto your website. So not only have you created the ARCP of 26% more, now we have convertible data so we can put on a website that's going to sell 26% better, probably more so, okay? But we just need 26%, which so if you have a 1% conversion rate, 26% means we need to get it up to 1.26%. Not a lot, guys. Doesn't take a lot, but this is the power of a website, right? And then we go, okay, so where do people like that client hide? Because they're hiding from you. Your perfect clients are hiding from you because they're the ones with the money to pay you what you're worth. They're not a pain in the butt, right? They're and they they discern good quality. And so they're sold, they have to say no to so many people, right? So how nice is it when they come to your website? That perfect prospect, that perfect future client of yours comes to your website and you're seeing everything they want to hear. 
Now your only job is to make sure that they're, that they qualify for you. It's not a matter of them saying yes. It's a matter of you saying yes, because all of your clients are coming to you more qualified than if you didn't do that homework. Totally. Right. So now you take that and you say, okay, now I need to go get 26% more traffic. Where do I find them? What associations are they part of? What can I sponsor locally to get my name out in front of my perfect clients and then push them to my website so that I can filter out the people who don't qualify? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we talk a lot about the kind of people you want to be working for, the kind of people you don't want to be working for. And I think it's something that it's definitely something that I think you learn over time as you you learn over time how to discern that and how to what who those people are, because I don't think any brand new freelancer knows out of the gate who their ideal client is. No, um, you don't. often know, I mean, you know what you do, right? But right. In, it takes a little bit of trial and error to get to the place where you're like, okay, this is the exact kind of person that I want to be working for. Um, but I think you're you right. Spend, like, once yeah, you, you figure spend that the out, first year. is it super, it's, it's the golden ticket, basically. Being right. able to convey that um, effectively is, right. and show that person, like you said, you want that person to go to your website. You want them to, to, it, you want it to feel like you're speaking directly to them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If When that happens, then the sky's the limit. Right. And so like, so for the brand new freelancer, service-based specifically, <clears throat> they're going to build a website that talks about their passion for what they do because they don't know exactly who they're wanting to work with. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we take all the business we possibly can. Right. But it's still important to when you are inter they're interviewing you, you need to interview them and try to sniff out the pitas because you, I don't care how hungry you are, the time you spend with somebody who is going to underpay you and underappreciate you at the same time is stealing from your business and you allowing them in is just like letting the wolf into the, the, the hen house. Sorry, I can't talk today. So be Prepared to say no, even in the early days. Oh, yeah, for sure. So many people do not do that. So uh, brand new entrepreneurs, I'll take the job. I just need the money. Do you need the money so bad that if that person ties you up for the next three weeks and you don't get any more than what you just, because you quoted maybe a flat rate, and then all of a sudden you're tied up with that, how much, what other money did you have to pass over? Yeah. Right? What money did you not even get to look at? Those are called opportunity costs. We have to stay open to opportunity. We do that by making sure that we protect our time. Yeah, for sure. I want to make sure, Leah. I want to make sure we we have the like Upwork freelancer conversation. So give us a little bit of a devil's advocate scenario about like I'm a freelancer in Upwork. I have a profile. <laughs> I don't even have a domain name yet. I just like have a Gmail address that I use for my business. Tell, tell, tell us, I know that you have talked to a lot of people that are in this book. Yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm going to tell them that they need a polished profile for the main reason. That's the first thing that people see as they're submitting proposals. They're seeing all of that information. 
But if they want to be a true freelancer, like after they've done, like if they're ready to jump all in, if they're not just dipping their toe in the water to see if freelancing is right for them, if they're ready to take it professional. And I think that they need to make that decision from the very, like sooner rather than later, the next level is to get their own website. It's where you can have a calendar booking. It's where you can have your email. So you're not just at gmail.com or at yahoo.com. You want that level of professionalism. It makes you look more credible. It enforces that, that trust factor that is required of freelancers. There has to be some trust in that. Um, so when you have that level of professionalism that comes with beyond just the Upwork profile, that's when you become, that's when you can raise your rates higher. That's when you're taken more seriously. That's when, you know, you're starting to get those bigger, longer term clients. Um, so I do a lot of teaching, um, a lot of my clients and you can gut check me on this. That's fine. But, um, a lot of my clients, I tell them to stay on Upwork. I personally, 90% of my business is still on Upwork for one reason. It is, I don't have time, desire to do my own billing. I do a lot, a lot of hourly contracts. So I never have to chase my money. It's, I turn my Upwork time tracker on and I'm done. So for, if you want to like bill hourly outside of Upwork, like that's fine, but I'm just a rule follower. Like I don't, I don't violate that expectation because that's sure. where my groceries are paid from personally. Right. Um, and at this point in time, I have built such a depth of a profile on Upwork. Like mm -hmm. it shows my income, it shows my reviews, like everything mm -hmm. lives there mm -hmm. that I keep it there. I have an outside, <coughs> an outside website that has my testimonials, my about like who I am, what I do, why I do it. Mm -hmm. I collect referrals there. Mm -hmm. It's that word of mouth kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. but my true, like where I'm getting clients and I don't see that changing, but it's finding a way for people who are like me that want to stand up work for several reasons, for whatever the reason is to increase that level of professionalism, to have that portfolio outside of Upwork too. So what's the commission on Upwork? So it starts at 20% uh -huh. for the first 500 bucks. Then uh -huh. it drops down to... Um, 10%. And then after 10,000, it drops down to 5%. So okay. I have a lot of higher paid contracts where they're usually all over that $10,000 mark. So mm -hmm. sooner I get to that $10,000 mark, then it's a no brainer for me to take, like, just kind of leave them on Upwork for the ease of convenience, mm -hmm. because then I have to pay credit card processing fees on other platforms. Like all that becomes a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's just ease of use. Okay. So we, so let's just say that for argument's sake, we'll call it 10% on average because yeah. it's a sliding scale. Okay. All right. How many proposals a week do you put in? Currently I'm only accepting invitations. So, okay. so you're, you've established this, you've yes. established it, right? Okay. So for the, for the freelancers starting out, how many are they, they, they don't have the them. over a hundred. They don't have the five stars. They don't have right. all of the things that, that you have. So on average, how many, how often do people have if to put in? They work with me as a client. I tell them no less than five a day consistently for 14 days. Five and then day. I want to try five proposals room. a day, right? I'm hard. Five proposals a day, 25 a week minimum. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
And then their close rates, their close rate, all that good stuff, right? Which then is we gonna... can establish their close rate. Yeah. Right. It's that but you establish their close rate there. Okay. It's showing up in the Upwork algorithm, right. all that kind of stuff. Yep. So what websites do, if you have a website like yours right there, you right now have only built it out for your referrals. So there's somewhere to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. To talk to your point before, you can set up your billing to be automated to where you don't do lift a finger until people pay, period, end of story, okay? Mm -hmm. Done. So that's that's an easy thing. And you can raise your rates. That 5% you're talking about, you're still getting 2% even if you take Stripe, okay? On your, on your lowest commission, you're making 7% at 10. You're making 17% more on every hour because you're trading time for money. So remember that part. And, mm -hmm. um, and so now just at the rate that you would be able to get on Upwork, because you have to, your price competitive is the uh, most of, I would probably say the majority yeah. of the people there are price competitive, right? They're price sensitive. So, okay. So if I can start, what if I could start attracting those same type of people, not the same people because they're going to be there, the same type of people, as far as what they're looking for, the quality and all the other things that you're talking about. Okay. What if those people are coming to you and there was no five proposals? It's every time somebody wanted something they're ready and they're looking for you to do it. You only had to do a proposal. And that proposal was pretty much just, just the same way as, excuse me, as you do it on Upwork. Now, yeah. okay. Now say that there's this thing called a search engine that culminated all these people who are searching for that exact thing that are pushing to you because you're now ranking at the top of the list for those keywords. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between, I'm not saying anything against Upwork. I think Upwork is a great way for people to start, but it is not a scalable model. That is a lifestyle model as far as I'm concerned, because I can get a lot more leads from a website if I optimize for search for the things that I do specifically well, and I can charge the most for and work directly with. Another thing is this. That is somebody else's platform. If Upwork sells to another company or Upwork up and does something stupid and has to close down, or maybe the FCC or the FTC decides, well, you know what? We don't like how, how the, the, the freelancers on Upwork are getting treated or whatever happens and that goes away tomorrow. Where's your income? Exactly. Yep. Okay. So it's a great arm of your business. But I tell people, you need 12 streams of inbound traffic coming into your business, period. That way, if any one of them disappears and it happens, we saw it with the pandemic. So many arms of people's livelihood went away all at the same time, right? And so you need to have something you own, okay? Right now, you're renting that space on Upwork because you're paying them commission for every time you're able to earn business through there. Okay. You're also paying your time to get the business. Now you're in a place and that's why you get paid what you get paid to teach people how to do, be more efficient with the, with it, but you're paying your time to get that business. Okay. You're always going to pay time or money for exposure. So whether it's on a search engine or it's on a uh, platform like Upwork or writer access or whatever you do for a living. And there's a place Angie's list, you know, you name them, they're out there. I want people on those, those directories. I want them actively working those but do that while you're building up your search presence and have a website that talks and serves for you. That's what, that's where I'm at. 
It's just a vulnerability thing. Yep. But congratulations. You're like the first person I've ever met that only takes invites. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Took a while, huh? (laughs) I bet. (laughs) I'm a fan of Upwork. We use Upwork for my, uh, in my media company, you know, when we just need something fast and we're at, at bandwidth, love it. Right. You know, and we don't, and we don't try to go find them, you know, like, Oh, we really like that person. Let's see if we can get them off. We don't try to do that either. Like, Respect it for what it is. It is. It's yeah. there for, for that. My podcast producers through Upwork, I love them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great marketplace, and I think whether or not, I think whether or not you're planning on continuing to keep all your business on Upwork or not, I think that the website, is, no matter what, still gives you this legitimacy, even if you're yeah. pulling all your clients, even if you're keeping all of your clients on Upwork. Um, and I think like the icing on the cake is like other, um, other streams of clients, like you said, buzz coming in. Um, so I think even if you're like a solely, like a primarily Upwork freelancer, having Mm -hmm. that website is still going to be a value add. Because there's people who will not go on Upwork. Okay. These are the people who don't have time to go through that many proposals. (gasps) You mean there are people who will pay you more? just because you take up less of their time, those those are golden clients and you'll never find them on Upwork. You can get some great clients on Upwork, but your golden ticket clients who need you and will pay premium for you are not on Upwork. That that I feel because most people on Upwork are either they're short on time, they just need somebody who can get something done fast or they're looking for a bargain. I don't know much other than that for the most part. Like I'm sure there's some outliers as far as that goes, right? But people who come to my websites, like we're not on Upwork. We've never been on Upwork. We thought about it, but we looked at the amount of time it takes to just build up that reputation and all the, just the time it takes to get that thing moving. It's just a lot of work. I get it. Now I'm glad there's people like you that teach people how to shortcut that. That's awesome. I will probably refer people to you that are you know, that come to me and go, hey, can I intern with you? How about you go to Upwork and, and cut your own teeth? Done, right? That's a great that's a great way to start. But at some point, do you want to work past you having to be there? Because how many, if you are not online, when people are putting in those those uh, the proposals or requests for proposals, and you miss the window, you miss the job right? Versus somebody coming to your website and then asking you for information, you have up to 24 hours to really respond to that because they said, Hey, listen, I didn't call you and leave a message. I put a form in. I'm not in a super hurry here. Right. Especially if it's a big project. Right. Now they're, they're talking to maybe three people. You only have to pitch once. Right. right? And you have a third of the way and you have a 33% chance. Now, if your website's really good, you probably have more than that. If you get on the phone and you, and you talk smart, guess what? You probably even have a better chance, right? I outperform the people I compete with probably four to one. I have a 20, I have a 75 to 80% chance of doing business with somebody who look, finds me on my website and talks to me for a minimum of about 25 minutes. I will know whether I want to work with them. They already know whether they want to work with me. It's just figuring out the numbers. Can they afford me? Right. And all those good things, or do I refer them to somebody that they can, or maybe is a better fit, right? And that's a great place to be as well. Totally. 
Um, so I just keep it in. I, I want to make sure we um, I'm keeping an eye on time. Um, I mean, I think like I'm I, like Leah and I are both sold. Right. So like we already have external websites for our multiple hustles and side hustles. Multiple hustler. Yeah. Um, and so I think I mean, I think that like it's the having i think having a website no matter what type of freelancer you are no matter how you get your business because i think leah and i are both get our business in ways where you could make a case that like we don't need a website right um when you're primarily referral based or when you're primarily on um, platform based and mm -hmm. so i think it's really interesting to think about the reasons why like having a website is important no matter what um, I think there are definitely types of freelancers that like, it is much more obvious why you need a website. Like say you're a website designer, probably need a website. Um, your graphic designer probably, probably need, need a, a website. website, right? So, um, anything I, visual, a website is like 99.99999% yeah. like you just get it done. Yeah. Another reason, another thing though, is this, you don't know what your business is going to look like in a year from now. Oh, totally. Okay. You could sell your book of business, even on Upwork. Um, but without the website, you're not as worth as much. It's just a perceived value. Yeah. You're just I not a legitimate business at that point. And then what's your scalability past you, right? If you have a website that's creating more leads than you can fill out proposals or get invites, because your invites now are referrals and, and, and returning customers. So you're just, that's the equivalent of just waiting for people to come to you, right? That's not necessarily scalable, right? But if you're getting in, a, if you're in a lifestyle business, that's, that's very acceptable. But if you're trying to grow a business past you, so coming between a freelancer and a business owner, it's a huge jump because you have to have more business than you can handle, right? So that you can hire somebody that will then uh, pay for themselves in the work they're going to be able to do. That's a big shift for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. But if that come and you're like, I'll never do that. Great. Don't do it. I don't care if you do, but what happens when you change your mind? I have gone through three, four, four iterations of my business in the last 17 years. There are things I swore I would never do as a business owner that now are crucial to the profitability and the longevity and the stability of my business. You don't know what tomorrow brings. And so why not be prepared with a website at minimum, just prepared to have one. So that way, if you did want to launch into something, the foundations is already there. Totally. And so how much does that cost you? I mean, for, for a firm like us, we have ways to get freelancers a website for $199. Done. It's there, right? I'm like, well, we do want to maintain it. Great. We have affordable ways for you to, to have that maintained for you. Done. Now, no matter what happens, you have a website and if you want to play with it, you can play with it. If you don't want to play with it, leave it, Yeah. but you have it and you don't know what you're missing because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But having it out there, you might be coming across. There's amazing how many opportunities I've gotten from just people finding me on the, on search engines and come into is like, Hey, we're starting, you know, I'm in digital marketing and I work from startups to exits, Right. Some of these startups come in. I just had one last week, right? Came through the website, whole nine yards. They're starting a med spa. They want to spend forty, fifty thousand dollars on just the launch, right? If I didn't have a website, never found me. 
I mean, I think in the digital age, your website, and for most of us that don't have a brick and mortar business, it is your, your website. Your website is your, like you said, it's the thing you own. It's the place where your business lives. Um, so I think it's like we said, I think it's super important no matter what you do, no matter what kind of freelancer you are having, mm-hmm. like, having a website bare minimum, super important. And then I think for all the reasons why it can help you um diversify scale um be have a more resilient business is just like icing on the cake but i think that like the bare minimum is like every freelancer should have a website and I, and the, and i and exit with this to make sure that you know that that we set expectations just because you build it doesn't mean they come okay it's a brick and mortar on a block with millions of other brick and mortars now, right? <laughs> the internet is crowded place, right? But that's when we were talking about the rule of 26, how important it is for you to stand out, be a little bit different than everybody else that does what you do. Look at your competition and go, well, how am I different? It only has to be one degree off to make you different, right? You don't have to be drastically different than the next person. You just have to be 1% different. And that 1% difference should be skewed to the type of people you think or know you want to do business with. Yeah. Yeah. That's super important caveat. Um, well, thank you so much, Buzz. It was, um, I think this was super informative and the, our audience, I think, we have a range of folks in terms of like their comfortability with websites, probably lots of people in our audience that don't yet have a website. So I think this information will be super helpful. Um, as people think about sort of like, I think, um, further legitimizing and, um, growing their business. Awesome. And once you do have a website or you already have a website and you're looking to get that, the, the revenue from it, please check out my book, the rule of 26 at rule of Yep. And we'll make sure to link that and um, everything else in the show notes. Great. Thanks, Buzz. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for joining us for the Freelance Revolution podcast. Make sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about Leah, you can find her at thefreelancesolution.com or on Instagram at Leah M. Myers, all one word. To find out more about Sarah, go to fruitioninitiatives.com or find her on Instagram at hustlers underscore manifesto. Thanks for listening.